Good morning, my name is Zach. I am the pastor of Community and Global Outreach here. And one of the things that we get to do and I enjoy getting to do is have some of the people that we partner with in ministry come up and share for a little bit. And that's what we're gonna do today. We're having some friends from Faithful Friends come and share. And we've got Sia and Sean. And so I'm gonna let them share a little bit about Faithful Friends. Yeah, so um, the mission at Faithful Friends is to cultivate mentor relationships that inspire growth, resilience, and hope. And we do this by training and equipping volunteer mentors from local churches like Rolling Hills um, to walk alongside and mentor kids in the community. And um, so we match kids between the ages of six and nine because these are the most formative years of a child's life. Um, at these ages, they're really starting to ask big questions and they're trying to figure out who they are and where their value comes from. Um, and so it's meeting with a child once a week, doing things that you'd already be doing, maybe cooking dinner together, taking your dog for a walk, um, just showing up week by week to show this kid that they are important and they have value. Um, it's a year commitment of meeting with a child once a week, and it's, um, yeah, a tangible way to love on a kid in the community. Um, an individual can mentor, um, also a married couple or a whole family can mentor a child together, so it's just a really um, beautiful and tangible way to love on a kid. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church. Hey, I just wanna encourage you to consider Faithful Friends Mentoring. Um, it's just one way that you can express your faith in, in, in a tangible way to love on a kid in Jesus' name. And there's so many kids who could use a mentor like you to just walk with them, to encourage them, to love on them. And like Sia was saying, just the simple things, you go to the park together, invite that kid over to your house to have dinner with you, the stuff that you're already doing. Um, yeah, just as an encouragement, we've had some amazing mentors come out of Rolling Hills. I think of, um, uh, let's see, uh, I'm forgetting names all of a sudden. Ted Carlson, I just talked with amazing gem of a man and just an incredible mentor. He's been matched with his kiddo for six years now. Please talk with him. I'm sure he'd be glad to share his experience working with faithful friends. Um, I think of... Uh, 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 Dave and Sue, Dave and Sue. Uh, Rebecca Betts used to be a mentor, um, and just Aaron Russell, yes. Um, but just some wonderful people, Dave and Sue, just they're so incredible. They're both matched individually with a kiddo, a boy and a girl, and some really tough situations, but just the impact they're making in their lives is so incredible. It's so nice to see um, just their faithfulness and their love and just spending time with these kids and their, and their parents as well. So I just want to encourage you, if you are considering it, we will be out there, standing there next to the, the desk, and, and please just come on over and say hello, and, and uh, yeah, just ask us questions. We'd be happy to answer questions about Faithful Friends. Yeah, and we have um, an information session every month, so um, we can sign you up for that in the back as well. Yeah, thank you guys so much for sharing. Um, and seriously, if you guys are interested, you know, talk to some of the people. I'm glad you guys mentioned more than just Ted, because otherwise everyone trying to talk to Ted might be a little bit much. But between them being out there and someone you know here, um, talk to them and, you know, talk to me. Including your dad. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, it might, I've got family that does it too. But they go to church in Portland, so it's a little further from here. Um, Either way, yeah, if you guys are interested, it sounds remotely intriguing, whatever, you just want a little more information, they're out there, talk to them, just kind of, it's, it's one of the ways that we um, 
we, we're trying to serve the community. And one of the things I love about you guys and what you guys do is you create an easy on-ramp for us to get into the community and serve. Because as a church going to a school, they may not be super open to it. But as believers working with you guys, we get to get connected in these schools and we get to come alongside kids and love them. And so that's one of our missions here. So that said, if you guys would just take a minute, we're gonna pray. If you guys wanna send your hands out, um, we'll pray for them and then uh, yeah, we'll get going. Uh, Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the, the friendship and the partnership that you've given us with Faithful Friends. Um, I pray that you continue to use this um, organization to reach our community for Jesus. I pray that you continue to provide believers that love you and love the people that you've created to partner with them and serve in the schools and serve along with these families and these kids. I just pray that you continue to make your name great in our city. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. All right. Good morning to you. It is great to have you here. Um, I want to give a little update. Um, you did not miss the, uh, my little update on prophecy in the Israeli-Hamas conflict war. And is that um, fulfilling? Some prophecy from the Old Testament, you know, that, that is 2,600 years old, some of these prophecies. And, and yet we could be seeing some of them fulfilled today. And how do we know if we're... We're seeing that or not. And I can pretty much guarantee that if you have been online, you've probably seen, is this the end times? Is this, you know, is this a sign? Um, Netanyahu, even this week, referred to some um, Old Testament prophecies in his um, talk about the, the conflict that's going on. And so I'm going to actually film that tomorrow and we'll send it out by midweek. And uh, if you are not getting Rolling Hills news every week, you will not get this either. And so just uh, go on your, your card in back of the seat in front of you and put down your name and your email address and that you'd like to be on um, the email uh, Rolling Hills news. And we will send that out to you this week when, um, when I figure out what I'm gonna say. Okay, so then uh, tonight, we have a Rolling Hills family meeting, and it's at 4 o'clock, and we've been talking about it for a few weeks. And uh, we, we, we just don't do this very often, but I'm really feeling, you know, kind of the urgency that we need to get together, and I need to share with you some, um, and, and, and the staff needs to share with you some things that are going on. And I guarantee if you come tonight, um, it's only going to be an hour long. It's not going to take your whole evening. Go plan to have dinner with somebody afterwards. Um, but you are going to learn things you did not know about your church. And um, a lot of exciting things and, uh, and some different changes and different things that are going on. Also, we're in the middle of a, a search for the next lead pastor. And, um, and yet we know where God's leading us over the next few years. And, and we can give you an update on where we're going and how we're getting there. Um, I can also share with you some things about uh, what's going on in the community. And uh, how we're stepping into some of those um, needs of our community, and you probably don't know how that's happening. And so I'm um, excited about um, today. And really, um, one of the things that this addresses in us is it kind of it fights against this natural um, value system that we have, and that's really engraved in us as Americans. Um, we are, 
you know, you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, work hard, you can be whatever you got want or whatever you want to be. And it's just kind of this radical individualism that is just ingrained in us. And yet I want you to know that that is really different than the picture God has of you and the God and, and the picture God's calling you into. And so as we start um, our last week on the Lord's Prayer this week and look at the last phrase, I want us to take a step back and look at the whole structure of the Lord's Prayer because it is talking to us and it is challenging us in our thinking about ourselves and our journey with God. So let's put this thing up um, and it says, this is Jesus talking to his followers, his disciples, and he says, and pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so right there, our Father. Um, when you pray this and when you think about this, do you think, my Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name? Your kingdom come. Give me this day my daily bread. Give me or forgive my debts as I forgive others. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. It's not what it says. It is not about you in your isolated journey with God. It is about God is seeing you as part of his family. And when we look at this, we think, my father, as if I am a, an only child. And God's saying, no, you, you, you're seeing yourself wrong. And it leads you down a path that is not the path I want for you. But it's the path that you're just thinking, yeah, me and you, God, it's an isolated journey, me and God. I have my spiritual journey with God. You have yours. Don't mess with mine. I won't mess with yours. And we're just into this, you know, this individualism mode. And God's saying, no, when you come to me, you instantly are adopted into my family. And my plan for who you are to be is only going to be shaped within community. And my plan for how I'm going to leverage um, you to impact other people in your community around you is I'm going to do that as I align my family towards my mission. And we just think, me and you, God, I got my journey, um, how you want to use me, and it's just all isolated. And I want you to know that you're seeing yourself wrong. You're not seeing yourself biblically when we think that way. And this whole structure right here of this prayer, it's all about, first of all, aligning ourselves to the heart of God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then as my Father, as, as the God of the universe, I recognize in your God, you're unique. There is no one like you. You are um, personal as my Father, but you are also transcendent above all things. And now I align my life to yours. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And oftentimes our prayers are spent trying to align God to our life. God, this is what I'd like you to do. This is how I'd like you to, to move and act and do things on my behalf. And again, our mindset is told we're, we're missing it out of the gate. And so God, I come to you. Um, greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is kind of broken up into that. Focus on God, align to him, and now let's talk about ourselves, our family. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts 
as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so two big challenges out of the gate. Are we aligning to the will of God? And are we knowing him and what he wants? And are we seeing ourselves in our spiritual journey in community? Because God's saying, if you don't see yourself this way, then you are missing out what I have for you. You are not experiencing the life that I've made you to have. And so you might say, okay, Bill, well, is it possible to be a Christian and not be part of a church? And I would say yes, because being a Christian is all about, am I going to put my faith in Jesus Christ and depend upon him and him alone to connect me to the God of the universe. And so that faith alone is what connects me to God. But as soon as I'm connected to God, I'm part of a family. I'm part of a family. And I am to grow within that family and I am to to carry out the mission God has for us with that family. And to think otherwise, we're not thinking, we're not thinking according to how God made us and how God wants us wants us to be. And it's reflective even here in the Lord's Prayer. So out of the gate, Jesus is eliminating this isolated spiritual journey that we just, I mean, we just naturally think that. And God's saying, you're naturally thinking wrong. And so we need to correct that. And um, I mean, to think that we are on a spiritual journey alone and it's just me and God, I mean, it, it, is, it, it makes no sense according to how God and gives us guidance in the Bible. He, he sees us working together, being part of a group, being part of his family. And it's like saying, yeah, you know, I'm a soldier, but um, I really don't like being part of an army. It's like, well, that's a problem. Um, you may be an individual mercenary or, you know, but you are not a soldier. It's, it's, akin to, I'm a business owner. I just don't have a business. Well, that's, that's, you know, I think business owner means you've got a business. And it's like, I'm a football player, but I don't really play for anybody. Well, I don't know what you're doing, but you're not a football player. And so I'm a follower of Jesus, but I do not participate in a, fifth, in a faith family. And, and plug in with it. And it's the same thing. Jesus is saying, you are not being a follower of me because here's who you are. You're part of a family. And I'm going to use that family to grow you. I'm actually going to work through you to help other people grow within that family. And collective, I'm going to have you accomplish my mission together. And so that's, I mean, maybe we just need to close in prayer. I mean, that's, that's a challenge, isn't it? I mean, this is not the way we see each other. And so wrestle with it, battle with it, talk to God about it. And how is he moving in you to align to who he says you are? All right. So now the last phrase of the Lord's Prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the first thing that, that jumps out of this is that when we're praying to God, our prayers move the heart of God on our behalf. Lead us not into temptation. 
God, would you leave me away from temptations where I'm weak and I could fall and I could blow it and I could do what I don't want to do? Because when I sin, when I blow it, when I fail, um, it separates me from you. And, and there's nothing better than life than to walk through life with you and enjoy you. And there's nothing more terrible than to be separated from you. And so, God, I don't want to sin. And I have. And I know that, I, that I'm weak in different areas. And I've done it before. And so this is a prayer saying, God, would you help protect me? Would, would you even uh, help me avoid situations where I know I'm especially weak? And maybe God gives you ideas about that. Maybe, you know, you... Um, it's like, man, I do not, I, I've been over drinking. I, I, I've been having a problem stopping when I know I should stop. And uh, so maybe you shouldn't go out with your friends who have a hard problem with that too, and, but they meet at the bar. And so that, that could be a way of God saying, you know what, here's a way that you can avoid that temptation. Um, but also he can supernaturally do things in our life to lead us away from those situations. And this is a recognition of saying, I know my limitations, God. I know I'm weak. I do not want to do stupid things that's going to hinder my relationship with you, hurt myself, and hurt others. And so, God, would you move on my behalf, and would you protect me? Would you protect me? Now, God does not lead you into temptation like, okay, I'm going to dangle a hard thing in front of you and, and you are probably going to blow it, but that's, I'm just, it's a test. I'm going to do that. Now, God doesn't do that. J James 1.13 says this, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. And so he's not going to tempt you with evil I'm knowing that you're weak and you have, a, you have an opportunity to blow it and to step into evil, step into do, doing something wrong. The Bible tells us there's a few things that do tempt us with evil. Satan and his demons. There's a spiritual battle going on and he wants to mess you up. And so he tempts us. And the Bible says this broken world and its system creates all kinds of things to tempt you to... Uh, this is going to deliver. This, this is your hope. This should be your hope. This thing right here, if you don't do it, you're going to be missing out. And it might be a bad thing to do. It might be a wrong thing to do. And so the, the system around us does it. And then we've got this selfish bent, this self-centered bent. And so even from within, we can tempt ourselves as far as what we want, what we think is going to be best, and what I think is good, even though I know God's saying no to it, but I trust myself more than God. And so um, God doesn't tempt us, but those other things do. And we're basically saying, uh, God, would you help me to avoid things where I will do what the evil one wants me to do? Uh, would you keep me from those things? I'm weak and I need your help. And one way that God says he will do it, Jesus is telling us, pray for this. Pray that God will will steer you away from opportunities where you might find yourself in a compromising situation. And pray for that. 
Now, when I think about this, it starts out with our Father, our loving Father. Now, if you've had kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews, brothers and sisters that are younger than you, um, and you hear them whine and cry, all of a sudden you become a great interpreter, don't you? It's like, oh, I know that whine. That's a selfish little, I'm hungry and I don't have what I want right now. And that, that's that kind of whine. Or I'm angry. I'm really angry that there's that kind of cry. Or there's a cry you hear once in a while that's, I think I may die cry. And you know that, don't you? You instantly know it. You recognize it. It's different. I remember, um, and I wasn't at the situation, but Kathy was, and I got a call from work. And uh, Kathy was, there was a new neighbors that moved into the neighborhood. And Kathy went across um, to meet uh, the mom who had a little child about the age of our little, um, our youngest at the time, Carly. And, um, and she still is, by the way. Um, anyway, uh, so Kathy goes and meets her, and, and, and she has a little girl, so Carly and the, her little new friend, they run into the backyard, and uh, Kathy's talking to this mom, and all of a sudden, they hear Carly cry, like scream, and instantly they both recognize it. This is an I may die scream. And so... And Kathy just turns white and the mom, the neighbor turns white as well. And they both run to the backyard. And um, what Kathy didn't know, but the mom did know and why she turned white is because she has a big old uh, Akita dog in the backyard. And when they get in the backyard, that Akita is on top of Carly with Carly's face in its jaws. And it was terrifying. And Carly was screaming the I may die scream. And they recognized it and they ran to that voice. And what that reminds me is we're praying to God. Lord, I feel weak. I feel vulnerable. Lead me not into temptation. And God says this about himself. He says he's a good father. He says he's a loving father. And he says, you guys, um, you got a selfish bent, and I don't. And yet you guys respond to the cries of your kids. How much more am I going to respond to? Being a perfect, loving father. And this is one of those cries. When we're saying, God, I, I just do not want to risk messing up my relationship with you. I don't want to risk doing something stupid that would hurt people I love. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. And God says, I'll do it. I'll respond. Does he do it every time? No. But you know, it's one of those things when we stand before God and just say, hey, pull back the curtain for me. Show me all the times you protected me. You know, show me all the times where I was headed for trouble that really would have had a big impact on me and on people I loved, and you steered me away. God's a good father. And Jesus is saying, ask him for his supernatural 
protection. And it will be there, but it won't be there all the time. Lead me not to temptation, but deliver me from evil. That's saying, but when it comes, would you walk with me through it so I don't fail? Would you walk with me through it so I don't fail? So trials are coming. They're coming. God will, will answer our prayer and protect us from some. But others will come. And so be ready to go through them. Um, I want to be able to step into this test, into this difficult situation, into these um, circumstances that are hard or painful or I didn't want to be in. But God, would you help me walk through it without failing? Um, the, the word for temptation here is um, perasmos, and it, it's kind of an interesting word because it can mean several different things. It can mean temptation, it can mean test, it can mean trap. And so Jesus say, saying, pray that if you're in a test or a temptation or you're trapped in terrible circumstances, uh, pray for the power and the strength of God to guide you through it. And that's the prayer. You know, I think of um, if, if you're in school now or have been and uh, I don't know, I went to 12, 16, 20 years of school. And uh, kind of one of the things I hated was pop quizzes. Remember pop quizzes? Yeah, some of you are going, oh, yeah, I just had one this week. But pop quizzes. I remember like when a prof would get up at the beginning of the year and say, hey, uh, you know, we're not going to have regularly scheduled tests that you're going to know about because the information I'm giving you um, is not information that you can just say, hey, I'll wait to the last week and cram and then you know, have my short-term memory win the day you know, in, the, in the final. But this is information that stuff I'm going to share with you this week is going to be built upon next week. And if you don't understand the concepts this week, you're not going to get them next week. And so you have to stay up with me. So I'm going to be doing pop quizzes throughout the year, um, throughout the semester, just to make sure as a motivation that you, you're with me. You're with me. And then when that pop quiz comes up, you're going, hey, I'm ready for this. And, and it's like, oh, my gosh, look at this stuff I've learned. I am, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm staying up with them. I'm getting the concepts in this building and I'm doing okay, um, which wasn't my norm. My norm was I'm waiting till the end and I'm gonna push hard and short-term memory, man, it is a gift. I like my short-term memory and we're gonna, we're gonna get through this class, um, but it's gonna be a tough last couple of weeks. And when I operated that way and there was a pop quiz, what did it do? It exposed me. It exposed me. Wasn't ready for it. I could, you know, talk to, oh yeah, this, oh, great lecture today, prof. That was so good and not understand anything he said. And then uh, he didn't know it until there was a pop quiz. And then all of a sudden I was exposed. It revealed where I was at. And so the question for you and I is in our spiritual journey, are we ready for a pop quiz? Now, we don't know when tests and trials are coming. But this is a prayer of, God, I, I want to be walking with you today so if the unexpected happens tomorrow, 
My relationship with you is such that I'm ready. I'm ready. So what's the condition of your soul? I mean, right now. How you been doing? Have you, have you been growing closer to God? So that if the unexpected happens and you enter a season you didn't want to enter, that's difficult, painful, God, God's prepared your heart because you spent time with him. And this is challenging us in that. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Be ready. 1 Peter chapter 4 says, expect it. Expect it. We're going to experience difficulty. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. Here's something I, that I really believe. You know, I, I think when difficulty comes our way that was not expected, we didn't know we'd be in this season, um, our biggest challenge is not the pain and the difficulty. Our biggest challenge is the surprise that we're in that season. What's going on? I mean, good people should live good lives. Good people should have easier lives. Bad people should have sucky lives. I mean, I'm not the best, but I, I think maybe I'm, you know, 52nd percentile. I, so I'm on the good side. So I should be having pretty good life. And yet when stuff comes my way, that, that this, is, this is hard, this is difficult. Why did this happen? Where are you, God? Um, I shouldn't be naive and be shaking my fist at God going, what the heck's going on? This isn't fair. Because God has been telling us followers of God should be some of the least naive people in the world. Because we know, man, the world's kind of a messed up place. And we know why. But we know the hope we have in it. And we know that we get to walk with God through it. And what a privilege and an honor. And some of the things that we're chasing in life that we think, you know, may give us peace, may give us, you know, a sense of joy and happiness, may give us a sense of security. That's not the stuff that's going to actually deliver. But it's actually getting to walk with God through life that delivers that stuff. And I know that life is hard. How do I know that? Well, because the person who was good the only person who was good in human history was Jesus. And what was his life like? Alienated? Dealt with unjustly? Ridiculed? Abused? Died a gruesome death on a cross? And he was good. So I'm thinking, if I'm thinking, hey, good people... Good life. Bad people, bad life. And all of a sudden I start looking around and I see, and I'm starting to experience difficulty in my life and I think I'm good. And I start seeing people who aren't living the life that I'm living that I think is more honoring to God and they seem to be flourishing, then I'm ticked off. That was the psalmist, Psalm 73. He looks around and he goes, 
uh, why are evil people flourishing and I'm struggling? And he says, Psalm 73, verse 12, Behold, these are the wicked, and they're at ease. They're always at ease, and they increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. I'm innocent. I am clean. He's just exaggerating, isn't he? He's saying, yeah, evil people, they're evil all the time, and they always get great things, and I'm good all the time, and I'm getting bad things. For all day long, I've been stricken and rebuked every morning. And he's shocked. He's amazed that uh, th th there's injustice in this world. And yet as followers of God, we know, man, there's no one who experienced more injustice than Jesus himself. And I'm following him. And as his follower, I will go through things as a result of following him that, that he's gone through. And so life is going to be hard. Now, where's, where's the hope? Verse 17, Psalm 73. Until I went to the sanctuary of God, then I discerned therein. He was going, to, I was about to be so jealous of evil people that I was tempted to start acting like them. But then I went to the sanctuary of God. Okay, th th this is a, a key nugget of truth for us. What does it mean? I went into the sanctuary of God. Uh, sanctuary of God was probably talking about the temple. What's the temple? The temple was the place where God dwelt. His presence dwelt. And so he's saying, until I went into the presence of God. Here's, that's different than saying, until I thought about God. Until I thought God should be thinking this way or acting this way, or I should be thinking this way about God. No, that's not what he did. He went into the presence of God. He spent time with God. And he reconnected to who is God and what's true and who am I. And what an unbelievable a privilege it is to be in the presence of a perfect and holy and just God who everything he does is right, yet he's my father. He's loving, he's personal. He wants to walk through life with me. And then all of a sudden, he can start getting perspective and peace. I mean, this, this week, this verse was really meaningful to me. In fact, uh, yesterday I didn't have this verse in here. And um, it was one of those weeks that, that man, I, I was anxious. And I, I did things, big things change? No. Um, but I was anxious. And I was struggling with anxiety and struggling with worry. And I thought about God. And it didn't help. And then I spent time with him. And it made all the difference. Spending time talking with God. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes us. Not because we are saying rote prayers to some unreachable God, but because we get to experience 
the presence of God. He's real. And we get to talk to him. And then I start thinking, God, would you protect me from temptations? But also, when they come, would you give me the strength and the power and the clarity of mind to know how destructive they can be? And then I spend time with him and I think, I don't want to do anything to mess up my relationship with God. Sin separates me from God. I choose God. I got this opportunity. My, my, my selfishness, my selfish desires want that. And yet, it's not what God wants for me. What's better for me? Man, there's no question. I want you, God. I want you. You're good. You're loving. I can trust you. I want you. That's why we pray. He's saying, spend time with God. Enjoy him. And more and more you'll be saying, God, protect me from evil. Protect me from choosing the wrong thing. Because that stands in the way of my relationship with you. I could put up barriers in my life between you and me by doing evil in the midst of, of tests and trials. And it's, it's not I'm a bad person because I did evil, but it's, it's I'm not as close to you as I, as I could be. And I, I want you. And so God, I'm, in my humanness, I failed. I know I'm failed. I know that be, I'll, I'll fail again, so protect me. Protect me from temptation. And when it comes, God, I, I want to walk closely with you so that I don't blow it. James 1 says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Okay, right there I read that and I go, uh, I'm not real happy about going through tough times. So this doesn't sound great. Verse 3, for you know that testing of your faith produces steadfastness or endurance. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In other words, God allows trials into our lives because if we walk with him through them, he's going to develop our character. We're going to become more and more the people that God wants us and created us to be. And when we go through seasons like that, when the next season comes that's difficult, I'm more prepared because I'm more the person God wants me to be and I've experienced his goodness in difficult times. And God's good. So here, here's, here is the enemy in the midst of tests and trials. Here's the enemy. It's not pain. It's not discomfort. It's a not an unexpected, challenging season. The enemy is doing evil. That's what separates us from God. If we, if we walk with God and we don't do evil in the midst of a difficult season, then God uses that to grow us up. If it wasn't for the death of Jesus, there wouldn't be a resurrection. 
If it wasn't for the death of a seed that falls to the ground and dies, we wouldn't have a beautiful oak tree. If it wasn't for a, a little lump of coal underneath the surface of the earth that's experiencing great pressure and great heat, would we know what a diamond is? And God's saying, there's going to be tests in your life, trials in your life, difficulties in your life, and I'm going to walk with you. And if you trust in me, I'm going to make something beautiful of you. And so trust me. Regularly praying, man, help me avoid evil. And when, the tr when troubles come, would you, would you keep my mind clear? And would you empower me and walk with me? so that I can go through this season without doing wrong. That lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's nothing worse than doing things that separate us from God. Because God wants you to walk with him. He is there. He wants you to enjoy his presence. And there's nothing better than that. Nothing better. I want to give you a chance to talk to God. Each week as we've studied a, a different phrase of the Lord's Prayer, um, we've individually taken time you know, together to, to respond to God. You know, ultimately, praise is just responding to who God is and what he's done. And so maybe you need to spend some time praising God for who he is. Maybe it is a, a truth that he's given to you today that connects to where you're at in your life. And you need to talk to him about that. And so let's just spend a moment um, in silence and it's an opportunity for you to experience um, a conversation with God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are a, a loving father, a kind father. But also as good fathers, you don't always protect us from opportunities and seasons that are needed for our growth and our development. But you promise to walk with us. I thank you that we're never alone. I thank you that you're a good God. I thank you for protecting us from things that may be especially difficult. But also um, when we go through seasons of experiencing hell or 
experiencing really an unexpected turn that we did not see coming. And it's a turn for the worse. Father, I thank you that uh, in those moments you're with us and that we can press into you and experience a season that is completely different as we go through it than in what it could be if we didn't walk with you. So I thank you that you're a good dad. I think, thank you that uh, you wanna be with us, walk with us, and develop us, even in the storm. Father, we give this week to you. I give this family to you. And I ask as each person takes step of growth with you, that you would honor those steps of faith. Thank you for our time together, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You know, in your journey, one of the things we talked about today is uh, we don't go through this journey alone. And maybe that's challenging you. And you're thinking, I have questions, and I've been trying to think of them and find out answers. And uh, I, I want to encourage you, don't, don't, don't keep those questions to yourself. Um, you know, as a church family, we want to be there with you. We want to listen to the questions. We want to ask questions about the questions and help you process through those. And so, uh, you know, one of the things I'd ask you to do is if, if that's where you're at in your journey. As soon as we're done, you can go out into the uh, atrium there and there's some tables out in the middle and there'll be a few people out there. Uh, you can just say, hey, I, I would love to process some of my thinking regarding my relationship with God. And, um, and they can get an appointment for you set up where you can get, grab a cup of coffee and just process through these things. If you, maybe you recently made a decision to follow Jesus, let them know that and they have some information for you that can help you um, understand how can you develop this new relationship with God. And if you're new, if you're new to Rolling Hills, uh, let them know that, hey, you're, you're new, you're a guest here and uh, we have some information for you telling us, telling you a little bit more, more about who we are and, and what we're about and what we're doing and and uh, we also have a gift for you. Glad that you came here and uh, were a guest with us here today. We're going to continue our worship and by singing songs that, re that remind us of truth and that help align our thinking so that we can live in love in light of what is true. And so let's uh, think about these words as we uh, continue to worship. <laughs> 